0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 32. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst.
1: And this is Brett Hurst.
0: And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Our hope is really very simple. It is to encourage you in your marriage relationship, because we believe healthy marriage should be a front burner conversation. And that is why we are here, it's to help that happen. So before we jump into today's You would have content, thought we had already
1: made that happen by now.
0: Well, it's it's a long, long battle. Okay. Um, so before we jump into today's title and content, sometimes we like to either introduce a book or a resource or maybe a quote of the day or something like that. And so I got a quote. We have a really good one this morning.
1: Okay. So I was reading the John Adams biography because I like to read biographies, and particularly I like presidential biographies because it's kind of a cool way to go through American history. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was reading the John Adams one written by David McCulloch and came upon how John described his wife, Abigail. He described her as his dearest friend, and this is how he addressed her in his letters. He said that she was his best, dearest, worthiest, wisest friend in the world, and when I read that, I thought, oh, that's my wife.
0: Oh, sweet.
1: And then vice versa, to her, John Adams was the, quote, tenderest of husbands, her good man. That's oh, how she described him.
0: That's good stuff. And when you were reading this to me out of the book you were reading, you got a little teary, which I thought was sweet. You don't have to say sweet. that. Real men cry a lot. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, today's topic is relational time management, which I realize is not a terribly sexy title.
1: Relational time management. Yes. Sounds like a seminar. This
0: is why I decided we should do a podcast episode on this is because I was listening to someone uh, talk the other day about how many hours there are in a week. And when you sort of uh, lay out all of the hours that it takes to do all your stuff.
1: Do a bud- a time budget?
0: Yeah, then a time management budget. Then you realize how difficult it is to actually make time for your marriage. And so I was just like – I mean, I love stuff like this. This is right up my alley anyway. It's just like schedules and yes, charts and all that kind of stuff. So I realize we may have some people who go, yeah, this is not a fun topic. But I think it's kind of interesting.
1: Well, nobody's got time anymore, so.
0: That is very true. But if you do-
1: – Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, you start out your your week with 168 hours. That's how many hours you have in your week.
1: So you're saying everybody starts out the same. Everyone starts
0: out the same. Okay. And so you have to – you start whittling away. So, like, if, okay, your time slept – Fifty six hours a week if you get eight hours a night.
1: If you get if you get eight hours of sleep a night, that's fifty six hours.
0: That's exactly right. Okay, Which so you can I only I highly love. recommend getting eight hours of well, sleep Well me a too, night.
1: but I probably only get thirty six, so you can
0: Okay. That so gives me
1: a little Bonus of 20 hours. Yeah,
0: well, I realize that some of these are a little, you know, you have to kind of average these out. But for most people, I really like to get eight hours, and I try to do that. So that leaves you with 112 hours, roughly, for the week, right? Okay. So let's say you have a full-time job, and you work 40 hours a week. Yeah, but who
1: really works a 40-hour week? Anyway, everybody works 40-plus, plus. Well, that's 50, true, 60. and that's what
0: I'm saying is even if you don't shave off the sleep hours, you might be shaving off for work because you might work more like 50 hours a week.
1: Okay. You well, know. I'll stop trying to be difficult. Yeah,
0: these are just average numbers. All right. Quit trying to get me off track. Mm-hmm. So if you work 40 hours a week, okay, that leaves you with 72 hours left in your week. Okay. All right? So according to Gallup, the average work commute is 46 minutes a day.
1: And interesting about this you know in texas there are people that commute from austin to san antonio or san antonio to austin Mm -hmm. that's an hour and a half commute one way
0: yeah that is so that would be three
1: and in california there are people that commute from san diego to los angeles or vice versa that's two hours one way so that's four hours of commuting yeah we might have to
0: do it we might have to interview people who have really really long commutes and find out how their marriages are going (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, this eats up almost four hours of your week in just commuting if you have that type of commute. So that leaves you uh, 68 hours remaining in your week. Okay. Okay. So television watching. This was I thought really interesting. According to recent Nielsen numbers, the average American spends 34 hours a week watching television.
1: That's a bunch.
0: That's a lot. And, of course, you could make the case that watching TV together is spending time together with your spouse. Mm. It's kind of like passive time spent. But, you know, if you're both on the couch, that's one of my favorite points of the day is when we get to just crash on the couch and watch TV.
1: Yeah, but only if we're talking.
0: That's very true. All right. So we would agree to a point that, that you can still be kind of spending time together a little bit, but it's probably not very productive time. And so if you take that, then we're down to 34 hours left I'm in getting our getting nervous. I know. Okay, then – People spend 7.7 7 hours per week eating and drinking.
1: I probably spend more than 7.7 <laughs> 7 hours eating.
0: That's <laughs> Sylvia's. Yeah. Uh, so, and again, this could be done together, you know, dinners and that kind of thing. So it's not as though you're necessarily doing this separate from your spouse. But this bumps us down to 26 hours remaining in our week. Tick tock, tick tock. And so, on average, people spend 7.7 7 hours per week taking care of household activities. And so if you round that up, that leaves us with only 18 hours remaining for the week. And roughly eight hours per week is spent on personal care and taking care of others.
1: Personal care?
0: Yeah. You mean
1: like what? Brushing your teeth? Well,
0: it takes me an hour To shower and dress and do my hair.
1: You don't have to tell me that.
0: I know. So, I mean, I'm probably actually more than that. So, but that bumps us down to 10 hours remaining. Okay. Okay. Then, approximately 13 hours per week is spent online, as far as as, in terms of what I found online. What I found online. uh, That
1: has to be a conservative number. Which
0: puts us three hours in the red, and we have not even tackled running kids to sporting events, music lessons, helping with homework, grocery shopping, cooking, exercise. Exercising, running errands, and, of course, all the little unexpected things that get in the way. We are way, way in the red here, and there hasn't been any quality time with our spouse.
1: So there is no margin at all.
0: No, right. there is zero margin. Wait, what did you just say? I said,
1: whew. Oh, I thought you said, <laughs>
0: We have an ongoing debate. We won't get into that. Um, Well, it's no wonder that the average American married couple only spends four minutes a day alone together. That's not a lot of. I mean, it went really. I mean, it's easy to say, "Oh, you just got to schedule it. You just got to make time." But then, when you break down the hours, you can kind of see it is hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just giving lip service to how difficult it is. It's difficult, especially if you're raising kids together.
1: It's quite the dilemma.
0: And so we wonder why married couples aren't dating one another, or aren't hanging out and enjoying each other's company, or having enough sex together. That sounded weird, sex together, but we're assuming it's
1: the best way
0: (laughs) we're going to come back and tackle this in just a moment
1: i wonder i wonder
0: you're listening to marriage to the max Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and if you are in the greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner in a Marriage, and we would love to have you join us. Visit our website at homeencouragement.org to find out more details. Okay, so we are continuing our conversation about relational time management. Maybe we can come up with a spicier title for that. I'm not sure. I think it's too late. Okay, well, before the break, we were looking at the dismal breakdown of how many hours a week we spend doing the things we have to do. Mm -hmm. It's what we call it daily grind stuff. It's just work and you know fixing stuff around the house and taking care of things.
1: Ran out of. Hours before we even got to the kids. Absolutely,
0: all right. like when we were first married, and we would run out of paycheck before, and we still had a month left over.
1: I think we're still doing that.
0: <laughs> so now let's talk about how we can beat the system and find time together as a married couple. Um, the first thing we try to tell couples all the time is that you have got. To schedule time together, this is not something that's nice to have. Mm-hmm. It is an absolute must because life runs on schedules. So why not use a bit of that in your marriage? Um, if you think about something as simple as exercise, you know, personal going to the gym and working out. Mm-hmm. For me, I have to schedule it, or it absolutely will not mm, happen. Right. There, are, there are just way too many things that are vying for my attention and my energy, and it will slip through the cracks if I don't make it a priority. And so I know a lot of people who are far more committed to their personal exercise routine than they are to their marriages. I mean, they wouldn't think for a moment to skip a day at the gym. right? Right. But days and days and weeks go by without spending real quality time with their spouse, and they sometimes think nothing of it.
1: Just like you and I prioritize reading scripture, Mm -hmm. and we've got to put that on the calendar for it to happen or yeah. otherwise that slips away. So. And so
0: like we tell people, you know, if, you, if you're if you shooting for a weekly date, then put it on the calendar every week. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting for twice a month, you know, lay out your monthly cal- calendar and put that on there because it's that important.
1: But it doesn't sound very romantic, it Cal. It doesn't
0: sound romantic and spontaneous, but the couples who do it will tell you it leads to romance. It leads to more spontaneity.
1: Well, it's the only way you're going to get two people in the same room for – Starters.
0: That is very, very true. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing we want to talk about is you've got to get creative and create different ways of spending time together.
1: Now, what do you mean?
0: Well, dating is, of course, a must. I mean, we try to tell couples all the time if you've listened to this podcast, you know, even twice, you Mm -hmm. know that we talk about making dating, Dating, putting it in your DNA. You've just got to make it happen. But you can also find little pockets of time to connect. I'm thinking about like when our kids were little and you know, usually kids are kind of in a hurry to gobble up dinner and then they run off and play or watch TV or do homework. And linger at the dinner table, just the two of you. You know, instead of immediately clearing the dishes off and cleaning the kitchen, you know, you might get twenty minutes of maybe uninterrupted conversation just sitting and lingering at the dinner table. I
1: love that word.
0: I love the word linger. and I love to linger. yeah, that should that's my life's mantra. So linger I want more means- linger time.
1: When you're talking about lingering after dinner, you mean like enjoying the aftertaste?
0: Yeah, and <laughs> the aftertaste.
1: <laughs> well, what if it's tex max?
0: <laughs> I I just love lingering in general. Whether you're at the dinner table, I'm just saying you can catch some moments. Yeah. that may not be you know scheduled, but um, good point. Let some things kind of you know linger. You're trying to get me off track, so. Um, you know, and then don't limit yourself to a Saturday night paint the town red date night cuz you can't always pull that off either. Right. So, we know a couple that offices near each other and they have a standing lunch date once a week. Mm-hmm. They just don't schedule anybody else that day. And so, during those weeks when it's impossible to have a date night, at least they're getting some FaceTime together, some a interrupted, date lunch. yeah, some right. interrupted time together. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've talked about I think on this podcast uh, before about Home dates. We have, you know, yep. where we would, um, when our kids were younger, we would go get their favorite fast food and a and a DVD. Actually, they were VHSs back in the day when we Man. would do this. But um, like some time ago, we'd we'd set them up with sleeping bags in our bedroom, which was a huge treat. We'd let them eat fast food up in our bedroom, which was a huge treat, and fall asleep watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And and then one of us would go get our favorite Italian takeout. We'd dress the table, we'd light the candles, put the music on. We would tell Sarah. And Caleb, you know, unless someone is bleeding, no one is allowed right. out of this room. We just trained them.
1: So we created a date night. Yeah. Night,
0: and, and we really, you know, broke out the good china and, you know, mm-hmm. really did it up and didn't spend a whole lot of money, but still got a couple of hours of good conversation and a little, you know, just being together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so important. So what else can we do to uh, beat the system?
1: I think it's important to remember, if you're raising kids, how important it is for their development to put a healthy marriage first. We've talked about this before. We say that families should be marriage-centric rather than Mm kid-centric. Some of that has swung in a good direction, Mm -hmm. that that parents are more engaged with their kids than they were 30 years ago. But I think we've kind of overdone it a little Mm -hmm, bit where mm -hmm. the kids – they're the centerpiece of everything and everything revolves around the kids' schedule and so forth. We need to yeah. kind of reorder things again and put the marriage at the very top of the family structure.
0: Yeah. And you know, they studies show again and again that a child's self esteem really is shaped mostly by parents who love each other, mm-hmm. even more than if they're in the best schools or if you've got a lot of money or you know so many other things that weigh in, a parent's healthy marriage tends to be the major predictor. Yeah, in, if you want to
1: boost healthy confidence in a kid, yeah. love your spouse with exactly. everything you've got. And that will yeah. certainly-
0: That actually creates a, a self-confidence in your kids. Mm-hmm. So that's huge.
1: I think it's also important to keep those date nights even if you're exhausted. Say you have <laughs> planned it on the calendar, and you have the night free, but you're just wiped out, which is most of us, especially yes. for getting four or five hours of sleep. How many times has that happened to us where we've we're coming up on the date night or the date event or whatever it is, and we're just like, oh my gosh, we're so tired, we I can't pull this Exhausted. off. but it's always worth it. Yeah, you know, I mean, whatever effort you have to do to to drive back in town or or,
0: or get just, dressed up if it's a you know dress up thing. Exactly.
1: Or <laughs> yeah, and then do it and connect, enjoy one another, and then. Every single time we come back going, that was so worth it.
0: Yeah, just spending the time together. It's so worth the effort. I I kind of equate it to working out because um, I'm not one that just wakes up in the morning and can't wait to throw my tennis shoes and yoga pants on and go to the gym and sweat. I mean, there are people who love it and thoroughly enjoy it. I just know it's important and so I have to do it. And so I can honestly think there has never been one day where I've thought to myself, oh, I just cannot wait to get to the gym. Hmm. It just does not cross my mind that way. But I can also say there's never been a time where I've regretted working out. Like I finish and go, okay, that was huge. I so needed that. That was so good for me. You know?
1: And I'm with you there.
0: So Now I'm- there
1: are most times that I can't wait to get to Sylvia's Enchilada's
0: oh, I have tons of things that I can't wait to get to, but the gym is not one of them. And then lastly, we would just want to say, invest in your marriage relationship even though it may not be a felt need. For some reason, we humans are just driven by our felt needs.
1: What do you mean? By and felt- what I mean
0: by that is when something feels like it needs to take place, mm-hmm. it feels like it needs to be a, be a priority, oh, right. then we're willing to schedule it or prioritize it. And this is, you know, we've talked about this hundreds of times. This is our biggest obstacle as marriage educators is how do we convince married couples to invest and build the marriage they want when... It's not a felt need.
1: So you're saying that feelings so often are the drivers in the decisions that we make.
0: Exactly. And when your marriage is coasting along and you're raising kids and you're working and there's no real glaring issues, it's nothing's pressing in. I'm
1: not feeling yeah, that's making a need feel to do, feel do like this. You've got I'm not feeling it. an urge to make and, this a priority. Yeah,
0: and that's why it's so easy to put marriage on the back burner. Because if you think about it, we will never put our kids on the back burner. Mm-hmm. We will never put our jobs on the back burner. Mm-hmm. But our spouses... Eh, you know, it's just easier because they're supposed to love us no matter what. And People do there. put
1: their marriages on Absolutely. the back. Absolutely. Right? And so,
0: but you don't want a way to wait to prioritize your marriage when it becomes a felt need, because by then you're in a therapist's office or an attorney's office, and it might be very much too late to try to prioritize. And when
1: couples come to us that are in crisis, and and now everything's an emergency, and now everything goes to one side because they'll do anything to to try to get this thing repaired. So it's like that old commercial, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. It's better to just keep a steady routine of prioritizing your relationship so that it doesn't have to get to a critical emergency state.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, successful couples, we say this all the time, they're not lucky. Nope. They don't have a magic formula. They didn't just happen to hit the marital jackpot. Mm -hmm. They're not naturally better at marriage than all the rest of us. Right. They just keep their eyes on the prize, which is a loving relationship. They
1: keep that as a priority.
0: Exactly. And any successful couple will tell you they have to work on it just like everyone else, and mm-hmm. nurture it just like anyone else. But when you recognize that your relationship is, it's like a garden. You mm-hmm. know, you don't water it, you don't feed it, it's not going to grow. And um, the the ones who are successful and have been in it for a very long time and are happier now than when they started mm-hmm. are the ones who will say, well, "Yeah, we had to work at it all along the way."
1: Okay, so since you and I have to work on this just like everyone else, what's going to be our action step as a result of this tremendous podcast episode?
0: <laughs> tremendous podcast. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Yes. Uh, well, we have a date night set for tomorrow night that's already on the calendar.
1: Oh, do we? Yes. You're taking me out?
0: Uh, yes, or the other way around. Oops. Not sure yet.
1: So we don't have the destination planned No, we yet. just
0: have it on the calendar. Okay. So. And we know it will involve Mexican food.
1: <laughs> works for me.
0: <laughs> and maybe a movie. I have a movie that I want us to see.
1: All right. Well, you're in charge of this one.
0: <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out homeencouragement.org or you can email us at thehursts at homeencouragement.org. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we would love it if you would rate this podcast on iTunes. This will help us to build our audience, and that will allow us to encourage a lot more couples. In fact, we have uh, listeners now in, what did you tell me?
1: Venezuela, Venezuela? Lithuania, oh. South Africa, Japan. It's
0: happening. Poland. <laughs> it's very exciting. We'll have
1: to make a little tour.
0: <laughs> well, remember, until next time, healthy marriage healthy world. God bless y'all.